0: Welcome to Functional Design in Closure. I'm Christoph Newman, and I am Nate Jones. Each week, we get together and we discuss a software design problem and how we might solve it using functional principles and the Closure programming language. So, Nate, what are we talking about this week? Uh,
1: well, I think we've uh, talked enough about Repl. Uh, and editor integration i think that's a, a good uh section that we have in the podcast and we can refer back to at other points in time uh but this time yeah. i think we should let's branch into a new problem let's let's start a new adventure
0: choose your own adventure enclosure
1: <laughs> yes yes totally okay so i was thinking about what, what what we might be able to to endeavor into and i thought um well uh in our day to day work, you know, we we work for for different clients and we have different things we we work on. And so I thought, how about if we tackle the problem of t- keeping track of our time? You know, okay. Uh, um, so I time mean, waits know,
0: for no one. <laughs> yeah.
1: Time waits for no one. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and so I was thinking, you know, um, how 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 would we how how could we keep track of our time? You know, I mean, there's 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 a lot of apps out there there's websites and that sort of thing um but kind of what what's what's a real minimal way of keeping track of our time and uh, so i was thinking about that and i thought well I'm, I'm already in the terminal so so how about if i get something something in, in the terminal some some way of keeping track of time in the terminal and and so because it's right there you know
0: yeah you certainly wouldn't be the first person to face this problem <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i told I t- I, yeah well you know if 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 programmers never endeavored to solve problems that have been solved before, then we would only have one search engine and one web browser, and they would all be made by the same company. Oh wait, um.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> uh,
1: anyway, so I thought, um, how about if we just keep track of our time in a text file? You know, uh, sure. Uh, let's uh, we could just make entries um, in some. I mean, I guess we could store it in like a YAML format, and you know, really make it easy to parse. Um, but, but I think I think it'd be much better to make it a little more, a little more literate, a little more, you know, human, and uh, and make it such that we, you know, we can put time entries in, you know, in some format that we can parse out, and then and then maybe, yeah. I mean, what, what do you what do you think? What do you think about just a, a, every every entry of time that we have that we start and stop is just one line and that makes it easy to parse what do you think
0: well i like the idea of putting stuff in a text file for sure uh firstly yeah like you said we're in our terminal all the time so text files are a good fit for that you know you you can just tmux over to that window or you know keyboard keyboard hotkey over right real fast the other reason is it's something you can check in right using git and you can diff it and and you know it gives you uh, uh Something you can put under revision control, you can look back, you know, have your offsite Git backup, so to speak, right? So text files are really amenable to sharing and editing and all that. So yeah, I, I love that idea. Um, so when when you say literate, what do you mean? Like uh, what? How how literate do how literate do timestamps need to be? Uh, that's a good
1: question. Well, I think you know time. I mean, well it needs to be something that I want to be able to type in. So I don't want to have to type in full ISO timestamps as the beginning and end, you know, because I, I guess I could, but, but I don't want to. Um, So, well, the timestamps got to know what day and and year, Oh, sorry. Let's start with the top, right? What year and day is, is it? What, what, what month is it? And then what, what start and end of the time window. Um, so
0: in this file, we're going to we're going to have a series of lines and we're going to have timestamps like one timestamp on each line.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: OK. And so just like, you know, that the, uh, I don't know. So let's say let's say we do something like real simple, like the day of the week, the month, the day, the year and then like a time range. So, like, yeah,
1: because the 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 other reason why we we put it so in and instead of putting it in like two for the f- month, let's use like Feb or March. You know, let's, like use let's use the actual yeah. month name um, because like like I want to be able to read this at a glance, and I have to parse all these names back these numbers back into you know their human readable forms because a computer can change those names into numbers really easily, um, but a human it's a little bit of a cognitive overhead so. Nice using well, yeah, I find it words. helpful to have
0: the day of the week, right? Like, so uh, like Tuesday, February 5th, 2019, right? So T U E space F E B space 05 space 2019, right? Yeah. Like that. That's very pretty readable, pretty concise. And yeah. then, um, then maybe a space and then like, uh, tw- 24 hour time. Or normal time as some people in the world would say and uh like zero <laughs> eight colon thirty two zero nine colon zero zero so like zero eight colon thirty dash zero nine colon zero zero yeah that, that that idea
1: yeah so that, okay, that and would then be... we just
0: have one of these per line in the file
1: yeah and so you can say you know i I worked you know for that let's see that eight thirty to nine that that half hour um And then after that, I could just put, you know, how about if we just put, you know, I could just put any random data I want after that, as long as it doesn't match up with that.
0: Oh, Oh, wait, so you're not going to do one of these per line in the file.
1: Oh, yes. Well, I think one of the reasons why, so I I, want to be able to put in, like, what did I work on that half hour? So I can remember back and why did I spend that time doing that? Um,
0: So you want to annotate this stuff.
1: yeah. And that's kind of the, the literate, a little bit more of the literate programming style is like, you know, you can mix um, words, you know, human words in amongst uh, data from the computer or that the computer will use uh, to make it more understandable for the humans. And so...
0: Okay, so you want to put a bunch of uh, notes about the time, the time period in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, then how are you going to, how are you going to tell the difference?
1: Well... <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I think if we just use the if if we're if we're consistent about the way we annotate the time, we can just uh, you know match on that on that that format. And if a line doesn't match that format, we, it must be a, a, a for the human, so to speak. And we can just skip that line. So we can kind of filter okay. out all the lines that are that are invalid by by checking them against some known format.
0: Okay, so so we're going take all we're going read in the lines from the file, and then we're going to look at each line, and then we're going to go, does it match our, our pattern? Does it match our, our expected format? If it does, we consider it information about the, the time we're tracking. If it doesn't, we just chalk that up for, you know, not ir- irrelevant context for humans that computers do not need to pay attention to. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: kind of like an inverse comment. Like, instead of every line being valid and you have to comment outlines you don't want, basically, if it's in a known format, those are the lines we want, and everything else is a comment.
0: Nice, yeah. So we we detect the data amidst the sea of other things.
1: <laughs> That's yeah. great.
0: I like it. Inverse comment, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. So so then how how would we actually... Like, so now we've, we've talked enough about the problem. I think let's, let's talk a little bit about how we might get this done, you know, in, in closure, you know, how, how would we actually read, read the So, so the, all these entries are in a file and, and now we need to get that, that data into, into closure. So, so how do we go about sure. doing that?
0: So it's a text file, right? So we gotta, we gotta open it up and read data in and, uh, and do stuff with it. Um... What I've done a lot in the past is I've used LineSeq. And so you, you have to get a, a Java reader. And then uh, you can do that using Clojure Java I.O., like the Java I.O. wrappers enclosure, And then you get a reader, and then you uh, basically point that to the file name. And then that will open it, open it up. And then you can do... Um, you can um feed that into line seek and then now you have this uh sequence of lines.
1: Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. So now now we have um now we have data in, in the form that Clojure likes it the best, which is a sequence. We it's a, a list of, of you know I mean in this case I think Line seek is lazy, right?
0: Yes. Yes, it is. So It, it so is lazy.
1: if we have a time log that is, you know, hundreds of gigabytes long, probably won't be. But if we did, it wouldn't actually we need to read it all in memory, which is kind of a nice property. Um, sure. But now we have yeah, a sequence. Now then, we can do whatever we want with it.
0: But then I guess the other issue with lazy is it sort of defers uh, trouble to the future, you know? So you could – I guess – I guess this program could open this thing up and process it all pretty quick. But then the, the other issue is let's say it opens it up and it's kind of reading lines in here and there. And then something goes and messes, you know, with a file or, you know, something throws an exception. Like you're not going to find out about an exception reading the data and until it, it finally gets around to using, using that line.
1: Right. right until because when it, when it, when it, when you ask for the next entry or the next uh, entry in that list, then it's then when it does and reads another another section from the file. I mean, there's probably a buffer in there somewhere, but it does wait to read from the file. And so, kind of like like yeah. any like any abstraction, it has a leak somewhere. Even the best abstractions have leaks, and so right. it would make it prone to that. Like if I if it's reading along and I add more entries to the end, um, I, hopefully it would just keep right on reading, but it might not. It might complain about the file being right. a different size.
0: So I think for files, this is often pretty safe because like Linux gives you pretty good semantics around reading from files. Even even if the user goes and deletes a file, the file handle's still open. Linux can help you with that. Yeah, Linux. that's true. Um, but where this gets you in trouble is if you're like reading from something over a socket, and if it's lazy, that that socket could get closed on you, right? To, like whatever's consuming it if if it takes its time consuming it in your closure process then the actual data isn't being consumed and so some some layer between you and the web api that you called could decide gosh this is taking forever i'm just going to close it and so you you'll be like half processed through the data and then all of a sudden you'll get this exception about the socket going away or whatever right yeah so in that case yeah. you might just want to like slurp it all in at once and then you can take your sweet time to process it later
1: yes trade a little memory for some some safe some safety
0: right, right. yeah just just yeah if it's not going to be two gigs you know just read it all in and then call split lines so okay. just slurp it all in and then call split lines and then you have a sequence that doesn't rely on lazily fulfilling the io right
1: yeah yeah but the cool thing is no matter which way you did it downstream doesn't really care because it, all it sees is the sequence abstraction, which is what a lot of closure is built on. And so you can, you can hand it to things like map or filter or, you know, do seek or any, any of the other functions. And it doesn't care if it's lazy or not or where you got the data from, as long as it conforms to that abstraction. It'll 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 carry right, on. Yeah.
0: The seek the seek abstraction is real nice, right? Because it could come from a vector, or it could come from some under the hood uh, streaming reader thing. Uh, yeah, it's really nifty. Closure just goes, oh, this is a list like thing. Let's let's use it.
1: Yes. Even even maps get squeezed into it if you if you push them hard enough. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. For so the sequences of yeah, tuples. Yeah. You get a list of tuples.
1: Yeah. Okay. Alright, so now so now we have our, our now we have data in memory. We have, we have something in inside a closure program. Uh, the next step is um, we need to figure out which which lines which lines are time entry lines and which lines are um, are more useful to the human than they are to our program.
0: Sure. So. Like we have to do that detection thing you're talking about. So since since you want to be able to just sort of freeform whatever you want in this file. And I, and I really like the idea, you know, to, to, uh, could you imagine like, oh, I'm going to maintain this text log by hand and it's going to be a JSON file. Oh, that just sounds awful. You know, YAML may be yeah. a little better, you know, but, but boy, you know, that's not real convenient. So I love this idea of just freeform whatever you want in the file and then throw down these timestamp little uh, blurbs and, and we'll, we'll find them and we'll extract out the information. That, that sounds really cool. So uh, how would you like to detect them?
1: Uh, Well, I think uh, uh, (laughs) there's a bunch of different ways we could do it, but I think uh, probably the most straightforward uh, is to use a regex. Um, Just regex match against it because there are a bunch of strings. Um,
0: Yeah, Enclosure has regexes built right in. You know, there's a a reader form for that, which is nice. So it's super easy to just make a regex.
1: Yeah, that is interesting. I I have worked in several languages where, like Python, where it's kind of the regex is kind of like an uh, an alien life form. Um, But it reminds me back to the ties in Perl where you you just define a regex right in line. So the reader macro kind of was it just lets you do it right right with where's the syntax?
0: Yeah. Now I've worked with more structured data and I've used Instaparse. Right? So I've worked with uh, data that that has a little bit of a vocabulary. And so then Instaparse was really nice. But in this case, Instaparse might be a little frustrating, right? Because most presumably, depending on, I don't know how verbose you are in your time logs, but I can be verbose in mine, most of the lines are probably not candidates for parsing, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, That that Instaparse did cross my mind, too. I'd I'd really like to use it at some point in the future. Uh, but yeah, since this is just one line, um, and it's a pretty, it's a very, it's 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 almost like it's a fixed data format. We could even probably use like um, <laughs> array indices to get, grab the data out of it. Um, but we're not gonna. Oh, because-
0: so so I was thinking you're just gonna write like today, I worked from, and then boom, you have your Tuesday or whatever. Like so, so you're thinking that these timestamps are gonna be on their own line.
1: Oh, I, I assume they would, but that is a really interesting idea to make it so you can even put them in the middle of your of your of your of your paragraphs. Um, I I kind of saw them as like their headers. So this is the block of time. And yeah. This is the stuff that I worked on, and this is the block of time, and this is the stuff I worked on. Um, sure. Which makes it but a yeah, little easier. Yeah. Well, I
0: guess from a I guess from an error checking point of view, maybe at some point in time we want to have errors. So maybe we could just declare that okay, if you're gonna if you're gonna put a timestamp in just put it on its own line. And that way we can that way we can have a little bit of uh enforcement. We can go, this thing looks like le- down the road maybe we could detect things that sort of look like timestamps but maybe don't conform.
1: Oh yeah. If and you then fa- print fa- that out errors and, Yeah, put put an extra zero or an extra colon in there something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: All right. So Okay,
0: yeah. So we write a regex and then I uh, I'm guessing you want to use um capture right? To get all the little parts out, you know, the, the parentheses inside the regex.
1: Oh yes. Yeah. So we'll have to, I mean, uh, (laughs) define a regex. It's not going to be the uh, small one, Um, but yeah, there'll be capture groups essentially for each, each of the sections or each of the bits of information. And the most important right now, I think would be the actual time, the start and end time. Um, And
0: yeah, yeah. And so then if it doesn't match, then um you get a nil basically, right? But if it does match, then closure gives you a list. And the first thing is sort of the the longest like the 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 match for the entire pattern in the right. list. And then every item after that is sort of the match for each capture group. I think that's the technical word <laughs> in regex vocabulary, the capture capture group. Yeah, so yeah, it's totally. very nice for destructuring, right? You can destructure, and so so what I've done before with so this is the re matches function, re matches function enclosure, and so you can have a nice let block, and then you can have uh, basically you destructure the result, so you have your uh, bracket, and then I like to do match, you know, question mark or whole match maybe. And then you could have like you know group one, group two, group three. Um, and you can and you can name them. You name them, right? right? Like day, month, date, year. And so it's just like a nice way to kind of destructure the pieces. And then you can just look at that first one and go, is this nil? Because in closure, if you try to destructure an array uh, like a list, destructuring on a nil, uh, all the parts end up nil, which is nice. And so you go, oh, you know. It's, uh, the whole match nil oh it is oh okay well let's skip that line it must not be useful
1: yeah that's a good idea to put match question mark is the first um whenever i match reg- rematch use rematches i've always just put an underscore which is like the closure equivalent of the black hole variable It just puts data in there and you sure. can't use it anymore um but i think i think we can even make it a little shorter in that we just wrap the whole thing in a, a when let um because when let will, if n- nil comes out and tries to assign all those things, um, it'll 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 skip it. So you you can even oh, yeah. do the destructuring in a when let. When, when let and if let are are, are really clever uh, functions that are. I think they're back rows. They're they're constructs that we can use uh, when we have something that we want to test for and it's going to return nil if if that thing is false. So it's quite useful sure. I think it's useful in this situation.
0: Sure. So you could you could you could have a uh what uh a loop? Loop recur? Like how how are you gonna go through each of these things? I think I think in this one it would be just them.
1: a do seek. Okay, know, so just-
0: we, we we do seek and then um we have a winlet inside of that and then it just like prints it out if it matches or what what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, for for right now, I just to make sure that we're print we're we're getting all the matching correctly. You know, we can just have it sure. if it matches, just print out the start and the end time in our own print string so that we can make sure that it matched.
0: Okay, yeah. So step one, let's just chew through all the lines and make sure that we can chew through all the lines.
1: <laughs> and we don't. Chew, we and don't then bite maybe down we'll on... make a
0: function. Yeah, we'll make a function called uh, like date info or timestamp info and then uh, hand it the line. And then it will give us a nil back if there's nothing. And otherwise, it will give us uh, what? All the parts, or?
1: Um, I don't know. Uh, what would be useful? I guess it could give us back a, well, what's the most important part? What's the most important information is with the actual amount of time, right? Because essentially we want to total up how much time. So how about if we just gave back either a nil or a an integer for, <laughs> uh minimum viable product here um, for how much time we worked in that in that in that block
0: yeah, that sounds an awful lot like date time parsing. so I think to chew through all the lines to just make sure it's working, we could have the function give us sort of the whole like date time string back uh, and yeah. so you have a do you have a do seek that goes through all the lines and inside that you have your winlet. And it's going to, if it gets something back, it will just get the whole string back. It le- this is just, okay, let's make sure that we can recognize dates, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And it will
0: print line mm-hmm. it. It's not yeah. going to remember anything. It's not doing any work yet. Otherwise, it just skips to the next line and, you know, there you go.
1: Cool. Well, now, now, now we're we on our way. We're on our way to solving the problem.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so then it sounds like the next step uh, in the future... Is to uh actually interpret this date, and that boy, opening opening the can of worms known as time libraries <laughs> sounds like it could become its whole a whole episode unto itself. What do you think? Yeah, at least one, maybe five. It's all, yeah, it's, all, it's always even, hard. Yeah, you know, we, and we haven't even gotten into leap seconds yet, right? <laughs> right. All right. Uh, yeah. things things that we assumed as a as a a young naive developer that turned out not to be true i would say at least half of my list involves date time math
1: (laughs) yeah and the other the other half involves people's names
0: (laughs) nice okay well it sounds like uh we are on our way to solving this problem um i think it's time it's time in the show for that thing we like to call message queue Wait, wait, what? Yeah, Message Queue. Oh, okay. I,
1: th- I thought it was a mailbag.
0: Oh, yes, you're right. It was the mailbag, but I think we should rename it to Message Queue. It just sounds so much more programmery, right?
1: <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Okay, fine. Message Queue. We're not going to define any semantics or uh, delivery guarantees or anything like that.
0: <laughs> We're not talking about persistence and... <laughs>
1: No, no, no. Okay, okay. So the message queue. So I'll, I'll, I'll pop the first one off the queue. Then, <clears throat> uh, let's see. Darren on Twitter wrote in to tell us that instead of a YouTube channel, he'd rather have just have the code or a Repl history to, so we can search through it. Uh, thanks, Darren. That's great feedback. Uh, we're still thinking about how we can do um, code sharing. Uh, there's a little bit of code snippets we've done in in the episode notes, but um, how about if we shared our fiddles? Would that would that help? Uh, please, anyone else that has an opinion, please let us know what you think.
0: Yeah, after doing a whole episode on fiddles, maybe we should share some of them. That, <laughs> that's a great idea. Ben wrote us on Twitter to commiserate with our experience misunderstanding the REPL. He said, I spent about a year or so trying to write closure the way I wrote Ruby, since I didn't understand how the Clojure REPL was fundamentally more powerful than the Ruby REPL. Thanks for reaching out to us, Ben. It is nice to hear that it isn't just us. <laughs> we do we do like to hear your stories of success or commiseration. <laughs> right. And so thanks for writing in and, and telling us your story of coming from a Ruby background. If uh, anyone else out there has a story they'd like to share, just uh, hit us up on Twitter or uh, send us an email. You can reach us at feedback at closuredesign.club if you'd like to send us an email or just reach us at Twitter at closure design.
1: And uh, we have uh, a whole bunch of ho- uh, shows that we've done in the past, so you can look you can find them and their notes on the web at closuredesign.club.
0: Yeah, we love to hear from you and uh, definitely go check out the old show notes. Um, we will be back next week with more on our time log problem. But until then, match not, find not.